Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your man Sam, host of Just Talk with Sam podcast. Just Talk with Sam podcast, man. We got a great one for you guys this week. Uh, this week, I return to a place I like to call home, Comic Con. Yes, we worked the floor of the Motor City Comic Con 2018, and I want to give a special shout out to them because letting us do this so many years in a row, and it has not i mean it's not lost on me what an honor this is and quite honestly it's just plain magical and it's great where uh nerds geeks dorks comic book enthusiasts hipsters uh whatever you want to call yourself get together on the floor and it's like it's just it's all good it's like summer camp it's it's awesome but during my travels I get a chance to sit down and have some interviews with some great people, people I've looked up to, people I've admired, people whose art I work, and this podcast is going to be those interviews. Uh, so, at the start of this podcast, I want to thank Adriana Mello, Babs Tarr, Brian Stelfreeze, Dennis Cohen, Dexter Vines, Joe Prado, who comes back to the podcast. He, I mean, like, we, we hang with Joe Prado, man. Um, Rob Guillory. WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus Just to name a few I want to thank uh, them for making this podcast possible But before we jump into all of that We gotta pay some bills I want to thank all the people Who went to the home of the Just Talking with Sam podcast SamShowNation.com That's right The home of the podcast SamShowNation.com um, right there at the home of the page It's on the front page And the current promotions page There's the donate button This has always been a crowdsourced podcast Please hit that donate button And give whatever you feel in your heart to give This has always been a crowdsourced podcast And if it wasn't for people like you This wouldn't be happening So thanks Hit that donate button And give whatever, whatever makes you feel like a good person um, But maybe you want to give something but you want a little bang for your buck you can always go to samshownation.com and you hit that store link and by hitting that store link you could get all of you just talking with sam swag right there whether that be t-shirts whether that be hats stickers um whether that be whatever whatever you need to show your love for the just talk with sam podcast as you go through your daily life you can do it right there at samshownation.com by hitting that store link Speaking of the podcast, you can always go to samshownation.com. You can hit that podcast link and you can catch up on all of your favorite podcasts right there on the homepage. And on top of that, maybe you don't listen to podcasts um, throughout um, a website. We're currently available on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and lastly, definitely not leastly, iTunes. Right there on the iTunes page, you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and leave your feedback under the reviews. Give your ratings and reviews. You can give the podcast five stars. Um, say, hey, I really like this podcast. Five stars. Hey, that guy's, you know, he needs to do blah, blah, blah. Five stars. Do it right there. We got a couple of sponsors for you guys this week. And we're going to jump into the work we've done at Comic Con. First sponsor this week. Hey, look, let's just jump right into it. Memorial Day is the unofficial start to summer, and you can't do Memorial Day right if you're not grilling. Yeah, I said it. So you need to go to samshownation.com, hit that current promotions link, and in the lower left-hand corner, 
hit up Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has everything that you would need for Memorial Day, summer grilling, everything that you would need. Whether it be um, different combos like their all meat grilling spectacular, whether it be the marble and meaty grill pack. What is that? I tell you, for the low, low price of $59.99, you can get, count them, two boneless New York strip steaks, two boneless pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four giant size kielbasa sausages, and eight potatoes all gratin, all for the low, low price of $59.99. That's only just one of the packages that they have available. Not to mention, if you're going to try and do it up for, um, you know, not just Memorial Day, but all of summer. Whether they have monthly specials for their cookout collections, they have a deal of the day, um, they have bestseller options, everything that you would need to kick off summer grilling is right there. So please go to samshownation.com and also they have free shipping on select combos. What? I said it. Free shipping on select combos. So please go to samshownation.com. You click that Omaha Steaks link. And right there, get summer started the way you need to grill. Hey, in the last ad, I just mentioned um, Memorial Day. But one thing about Memorial Day that sets it off, it's also the start of, unofficial start of summer, but the unofficial start of summer traveling. You got to be places. You want to see people. You're hitting the road trips. One thing we recommend you do is go to samshownation.com you hit that booking.com link yes you could explore all of the booking possibilities right there via samshownation.com you click that link and you can find deals for any season uh summer season whether it be maybe you want to do some beachfront properties maybe you want to go to my home detroit maybe you want to go to memphis maybe you want to get away from it all you go to elk city get some camping going be a part of wildlife wherever you're going. Booking.com got you covered. Let me tell you something about Booking.com. Booking.com has everything that you would need to get away from it all and have a pretty cushy hotel when you do get away from it all. Booking.com guarantees the best prices for any type of properties from apartments, boats, castles, trees, houses, villas, yurts, any type of accommodation listed on Booking.com today is more diverse than ever. Truly international, Booking.com is in more than 42 languages and offers over a million, and I say that with no exaggeration, a million properties in over 224 countries. Booking.com has it never has booking fees and offers free cancellations on most rooms. Booking.com operates in its own in-house customer service team, which is available 24-7, 365 to assist guests in their native languages and ensure exceptional customer service. We got you covered with Booking.com. Booking.yeah, go to samshownation.com. You click that link right there and get out of here. Go ahead and do something with booking.com let's say you're staying at home this um this week because of memorial day you've done it all and you finally get the three-day weekend and chill you know like i know those nba playoffs are all heated up no pun intended it is we're getting down to nitty-gritty the eastern 
and Western Conference Finals is going and you can root for your favorite team as we are doing this in the NF excuse me in the NBA playoffs and everything that you need to root for your team right now you can go to samshownation.com you click that NBA shop, NBA store.com link and by doing that you can get free shipping on all U.S. orders over $49 by putting in the promo code NBA49. Yes, NBA49 um, gets you free shipping on anything, whether it be apparel for men, women, kids. Maybe you want jerseys, t-shirts, hats, shoes, accessories, collectibles, whatever you need to root for your team, they have it right there. Go to samshownation.com. Click NBA store link. Not only can you save up to 60% off official NBA gear, but free shipping on all orders over $49. So please go to NBAstore.com via SamShowNation.com. And lastly, and certainly not leastly, the granddaddy of them all, Amazon.com. Look, we talk comics all through this podcast. And a lot of the authors that I mentioned, excuse me, authors, artists that I mentioned, are on Amazon. So please go to samshownation.com. You click that Amazon banner. Get some of their work. Check it out. It's all right there on Amazon. Um, and you can get everything that you need. Who are we kidding? You were going to Amazon anyway. Amazon has everything that you will need from A to Z. And one of the things you can do on Amazon is support these artists and authors that we speak with and support them via their work. So please go to samshownation.com, hit up the Amazon page, uh, Amazon banner on the homepage and current promotions page, and go ahead and get some shopping done. So that's enough for me for right now. What we're going to do, we are going to jump in this podcast and we're going to jump right on the floor. Get, get it on the floor. We're going to jump right on the floor and explore some Comic-Con 2018. See you in a few. This is Just Talk With Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. You don't talk about it. Be about it. I don't know this till like right now. Seriously. Subscribe right and review on iTunes, y'all. Obviously, if y'all didn't listen, we, we never write this out.
Adriana Mello, thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. Aw, no, no, it's my pleasure. <laughs> How's the con going so far? Oh, so far? Okay, second day and it's been awesome. I mean, everyone's so, so sweet and, and so friendly. And, and before coming here, a lot of people say, tell me, oh, you see the difference because you are used to go to huge places, just New York. I mean, in a smaller con, the dynamics, they are kind of different. People are more close and more friendly and yeah, this is true. Well, I mean, I've been a fan of your work and I really like, um, I'm trying to say this without sounding creepy, I like how you draw women. No, 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 it's not creepy at all. That's why I think you. The reason I got into your work because a lot of your stuff, when you draw, you make women look like women. Oh, I mean, good. I mean, sometimes they, you know, comic books can be stereotypicalized as a boys club and they kind of put their own fantasies and I'm, I'm into what, and then I got into your art because, well, I, I see what you see on a daily basis. So. Oh, perfect. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, um, and starters, I also read that you are a Whovian and also worked on the book <laughs> Doctor Who. Can you tell me what that experience is like? Sure, sure. Um, I got into Doctor Who like six years ago and probably like a lot of people, that is, you have a ton of friends saying this series is awesome. You have to watch, you have to watch until today. Okay, I will. And man, I got I got hooked like the first first episode. And the funny thing is, I I think in two weeks I saw the whole thing, got super addicted and thought, okay, I need to put all that in paper. I need to draw, I need to do something for my portfolio. With all this craziness and um, that I just got hooked to. You know? So I did. And I began to post it online and yeah, I, I'm, I'm from Carol's Story Studio. So I was talking with my rep, the, that is uh, Joe Prado, and I showed the piece and he was like, okay, this is cool. Let's Let's talk with people from Titan Comics. I'm like, yeah. And the good thing is they saw the, the peanuts I did and they called me and said, yeah, let's talk. <laughs> so the first thing I did for Titan Comics was a set of five covers for a special event in, let's say, like three years ago. And they liked it so much that, yeah, look, they asked me, they invited me to, 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 to work with them doing for a year and a half a monthly run with stories about the Ninth Doctor, Chris Eccleston. That, that it's not my favorite doctor. Really? Yeah, oh, my favorite doctor is Tennant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't beat David Tennant. No, 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 yeah, it's kind of hard to beat him. But here's the thing. Um, Chris, Chris Eccleston is the doctor that got me into the series, that got me addicted to the series. But his craziness and weirdness, because he can be very dark, and right after, five seconds after, he opens this big, huge, you know, weird smile, and it's so silly, so it's hard not to like, you know, this version of the doctor too. 
Okay, and that's awesome. So obviously, I see you had a great time working on something you're very passionate about. Um, I talked about this because I got to be, um, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit um, some of your work. Um, guys can be a little bit stereotypical when you work in a boys club. And when I see your designs of Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, Batgirl, I'm seeing different types of body. I mean, yeah. what do you think about it? Or is it intentionally done? Yeah, it is. Actually, when you mentioned before, I was about to, to tell this. Um, to me, it's very, it's one of the funniest, um, where I get like the most fun in my work is when I'm planning how each character will be. Should it be a short girl, a bigger one, uh, she would be like overweight or kind of, you know, um, short and kind of thin. Because, yeah, that's, that's the fun of comic books. When you think about a char character, you can't think just about um, the color of the skin or hair. No, you have to think about the whole thing. And, yeah, you can't have people like, you know, cookie cutter being exactly the same, every character looking exactly the same. And, and sometimes it's even, you know, like the perfection incarnated and no 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 it's funny to think about a character that has like you know too thin or too elevated face or crooked eyes even right it's the funny part and about girls even when you have to draw a girl that she has to be you know cute or beautiful whatever you They are not exactly the same. Exactly. And you don't need to be showing. This is something I, I truly believe in. You, okay, you have to draw someone pretty or sexy or whatever. You don't necessarily need to draw skin to a woman, you know, be pretty or be sexy. Sometimes, uh, you know, a look. It's not a one-stop No, 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 no. To portray beauty and sexiness okay. in your drawing, and this is something I try to put on my work. And to me, I think drawing a powerful woman that is very confident, and she shows her confidence on her clothes or on her stance. It's more important to me to just draw someone pretty, someone looking pretty. Honestly, I don't think it's just important to you. I think it's a lot of young ladies who are watching this and see someone who looks like them. Yeah, but that's the thing. I've been doing this for quite a while. And, okay, it's been like more than 15 years. And when I begun, right there, I'm sorry, English is not my first thing. It's cool. I'm saying a lot of things weird. Yeah, no, you're fine. But in the past, when I began, the, the, the thing was everyone needs to be pretty and everyone needs to have a certain body, size. And what I'm super happy about is that nowadays I can feel things are changing. Slowly, but they are. And you can see different characters from different, you know, 
scientists that are worried about this representation and different body types and this is something so cool and that makes me really happy that's awesome I like ending every interview on a um, high note we like to call it the speed round oh. these these are no wrong answers okay. I just want to ask a couple questions um, what's your favorite comic book X-Men favorite artist Adam Hughes favorite writer uh, Gia Simone the one I'm working right now uh, okay okay <laughs> favorite movie and or TV show based on a comic book oh god okay oh 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 my god based on a comic book oh oh no 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 okay can we talk about books <laughs> okay all right all right pass pass, pass, pass. all right favorite hero ah uh, wonder woman okay. i love her <laughs> favorite villain Son, there's a ton. Okay, oh, okay, right now, Dennis. <laughs> okay, obviously, you're very villain. It's the best one. Okay. And one thing I love to ask artists, what is your favorite trinket to work with? Like, some people gotta have a certain pen, some people gotta have music, some people gotta have, they gotta have this thing in order to work. What's yours? Music or podcast. Uh huh. Oh, podcast. Look at that. Okay. okay. Subscribe to yours right after. Look at that! Oh, so I need sound. I need music. I need. I can't work in silence. I need to have something going on, or maybe a series of TV. I need sound, especially music and podcasts. I have like a ton on my cell phone, and I all day long music and podcasts. Awesome, Adriana. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time, and enjoy the rest of your con. But Dexter, man, like I said off mic, I have been rocking with you uh, since the early days, since Hulk, since for a while. I don't want to date you. I want, I want, I've been in the game for 20 years. Uh, I want to date you. It's okay. But for, sta for starters, Dexter Bonds, man, welcome to Detroit. I got to ask, you've been in the game for a while. What made you get started in the art? Um, I just grew up drawing. That's, you know, I think like most kids, you grew up drawing. And it was just something I love to do for fun. And it's, you know, so when I got into high school, you know, uh, my best friend, when I met him, I saw how serious and he, he took his art. And at that point, it was just, you know, just a hobby for me. But seeing how passionate he was about it, it kind of sparked something in me. And at the same time, he really kind of introduced me to comics. I dabbled in comics a little bit when I was a kid, but never really collected or read anything. Uh, my favorite thing as a kid was like the Marvel Universe. Like, you know, just the hero pose of the characters, like standing there. I just I used to love those. So when I met him and started re actually reading the comics and the characters and stuff like that, he just got hardcore in. And I was like, it's it. And then when I started reading, you know, interviews and articles and, you know, finding out that, you know, people actually make a living doing comics, that sounds like something I want to do. And, uh, and I've been doing it for, you know, 20 plus years now. That's awesome, man. Hey, you worked on a lot of good titles. Hulk, X-Men, Old Man Logan, Secret Invasion, just to name a few. Do you have any favorites? Uh, some of my favorites, probably my favorite will be Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. It's like those six issues is just like, if I had to just say one series, it would be those. But of course, you know, Old Man Logan and Civil War and, you know, uh, 
are definitely up there, but if I had to pick one, it'd definitely be Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Alright, like many of us, you were a fan before you started, you know, got into the industry. I gotta know, man, what was your holy shit moment? I am a comic book artist, people could go to the store. What was your like, oh, I'm in this? What was, your, what was the moment, man? My moment was the first time I saw my name on a book. Uh, my first comic I worked on was the Green Lantern Annual for Dark, for DC, of course. Um, and at my, I still had a regular job at the time. I was working at um, Capital City, which is a comic book distributor. They were Diamond's direct um, competitor back in the day. If you old heads to know about uh, Capital City. So I got to see the truck back in, and I got to open up the box and see my name on the cover of this comic book. So boy, that was it. I got uh, Green Lantern Annual. I think it was 1995. There it is. So that just shows you how far back I go. All right, all right. All right, we got a couple questions to speed round. First thing to come to your mind as soon as I ask these questions. You ready? All right, what's your favorite comic? Uh, Wolverine. Favorite artist? Art Adams. Favorite writer? Oh, Frank Miller. These are not wrong answers. There's no wrong answers. Yeah, All right. Favorite movie or TV show based on a comic? Blade uh, 2. Damn. That's a deep cut. But All right. All right. All right. Favorite hero? Wolverine. Favorite villain? Ooh, villain. Shit. I don't know. Alright, alright, it's good, it's good. And lastly, what is your favorite trinket? Whenever you sit down to work, you need this item to work. Sometimes it's a pen, uh, some people got headphones, some people got like a certain meal. What's your thing? Music. Got to have it, as you can see I here. I see it, I see it. I, I gotta have it. It's just like life. I don't see how people, I don't know people who don't like music. It's just, I gotta have it. So. Okay. Well, Dexter, man, thank you for giving us a little bit of your time, and man, have a great time. Anytime, Detroit. Brian Stale Freeze. Like I said a little bit before we got on mic, thank you so much. Man, I have been into your work since uh, you did the covers for Firestorm. Whoa! Yeah! That's way back. Yeah, way back. that's why I said it's important that um, just, just let's keep it 100. Going to my comic shop, seeing the young man from Detroit, Michigan on the cover yes. of Firestorm, yes. Jason Rush, yep. and and me being the um, African-American male in the comics, man, ever since then, I've been rocking with you, and i just been following you, so thank you so much for doing my podcast. Oh, man, really appreciate it, man. Really appreciate it. Just, uh, you know, trying to trying to get in there, have a good time, do my thing, man. Like I said earlier about Firestorm, that led me to some of your other work with Batman. How did you get started with Batman? Well, um, what uh, ended up happening was uh, Denny O'Neill, who's a famous Batman uh, writer and became, like, the top Batman editor. He saw my stuff and uh, gave me a call and uh, and offered me a, a job doing a one cover and uh, that led to another and another and another. Alright, now we can sit down, we can talk about history all day long, but we're going to talk about the here and now. Yes. So a lot of my questions now, all things Black Panther. Yes. Let's talk some Black Panther, man. Let's do it. Uh, huh? You want to go there? Let's, Let, let's go there, man. Um, how did you get started on Black Panther? Uh, I got started on Black Panther because uh, I had uh, done a Jonah Hex story with an editor.
Twitter, um, Will, uh, Wilson Moss. And Wilson Moss made the move from DC to Marvel. And he became the Black Panther editor. And of course, he remembered us hanging out, you know, sort of on Jonah Hex. So he gave me a call. And uh, the plan was, because, I mean, I'm really big on comic book storytelling. And Ta-Nehisi Coates had never written a comic before. So the whole thing was, let's take this guy who's never written a comic, but he's a noted writer, and let's pair him up with an artist that has a long history of doing comics. So I was kind of like the shepherd for, uh, for Ta-Nehisi getting into the, uh, into the biz. So how was it like, I've read a lot of um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' books and a lot of his articles, and they make perfect sense to me. How was it like ushering him in or working with him in the comic world? Uh, dude, he was like my favorite writer that I've worked with. He's absolutely fantastic. There's just no doubt about the guy's talent, but the man himself is, I think, just as impressive. Uh, he's just a really nice guy. He enters the arena of creativity with no ego whatsoever. Okay, that's awesome. And this is more of an open-ended question. Like I said, all things Black Panther. Yeah. In your art, how important is it of how you portray T'Challa in your art? I did. It took me, like, months to, like, figure out exactly how I'm going to portray T'Challa. Because the thing about it is, is, like, I always make a joke that Marvel has one black actor that plays all the black characters. You know, like, Luke Cage looks suspiciously like Rhodey, who looks suspiciously like T'Challa. And I wanted to give T'Challa a very different look. You know, I, I didn't want him to be African-American. I wanted him to be African. You know, so I was looking at some Maasai warriors. I was looking at some Zulus. I was looking at just different people from all parts of Africa and just kind of did an amalgam of what I felt from that stuff. That's, that's important. Now, let's just get down to it. Being a part of, like, the epic that is Black Panther, the movie, the cultural importance. What's your take on all of it as, as we stand right now? You know, um, something that's crazy is, uh, is I read a book, like, a long time ago when I was a kid um, called uh, Doom. And, uh, and in the book Doom, um, yeah, what's cool in the book Doom is, um, is the, the lead character gets thrown out into the desert. And everyone is under the impression that the only people that live in the desert are the Fremens, and they're just like a few of them out there in the wilderness. But when he goes out there, he figures out that there are millions of them. And I think Black Panther did the same thing. Like, movies, a lot of the studios, they don't really make movies specifically for the African audience. And I think when Black Panther came out there, and not only was it a movie for the audience, it was a movie of quality. Then, like the Fremen Warrior, everybody raised up and made it one of the most popular movies of all times. That's what's up. Alright, we try to keep it a little light. I mean, you hit me with a lot of knowledge. Yes. So let's do what we like to call the speed round. Oh, no wrong answers. Yes. Alright, favorite comic? Favorite comic, Batman. Favorite artist? Favorite artist? Right now, I'm liking um, uh, Claire Windling. Favorite writer? Favorite writer? Brian Azzarello, man. Okay, okay. Favorite movie and or TV show based off a comic book? Oh, man. Yes. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say, um, oh, oh, man, you're hitting, you're hurting me with that one, man. <laughs> oh. um, I'm Black Panther, man. All right, all right. Let's just do it. Favorite hero? 
Favorite hero? Black Panther. Favorite villain? Favorite villain? Dude, my favorite villain has got to be Killmonger because I believe in what he says. He's not a villain to me. He's not a villain to me. Exactly. Exactly. So he's he's my favorite because I can get behind his message, man. All right. And lastly, certainly not least, I like to ask all the artists this. What is your favorite trinket to work with? Some people need music. Some people need a special pin, special marker. Some, like, you cannot work without this thing. What is yours? Uh, well, the, um, the thing that helps me is um, when I first became an illustrator, um, I started work at the studio. And this is, like, getting on to, like, 40 years ago. Um, one of the first things that they gave to me was this, like, uh, tumbler. Just a regular bar tumbler glass. And you put your water in that, so when you swash out your brushes, it doesn't knock it over. Right. And I've had that tumbler this entire time. So every time that I sit down to do a painting, I've got that tumbler on my desk. Man, that's beautiful, man. Ryan, thank you so much for just being a part of my podcast. Keep up the great work, sir. All right, man. Nah, you, you do the same thing, man. You keep, you keep it up, man. Keep the voice out there, man. One question with WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. Trish, personally, yes. the women's revolution has made a lot of strides. What would you like to see them do next? Um, I would like them. I think the tag division is probably, I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it within a year or so. I think it's, you know, it's time. We have enough women with a full, robust roster, and I think it would be awesome to see. Any dream partner you would like to tag with? Well, I mean, gee, it's kind of obvious. Wouldn't be tell me who would be my dream partner? Uh, if I had to guess. Yes? Bailey. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I love Bailey. I think she's got a great arsenal of moves, but don't you think me and my bestie, Lita, would do, like, pretty good together? I, I will always, I, I would take that, but I always thought you guys, I like seeing you guys mix it up against each other. Oh, that's true. People like seeing us face off rather than fight together. That's yeah. true. That has been our history. Okay, so I'm going to take that recommendation, and you'd like me to team up with uh, Bailey. Yeah. I like it. I love it. Put it out there. Let's get it going. What are we going to call it? Is, uh, um, hugging Stratisfaction. Oh, you, 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 there we go. You're already ahead of it. I got the t-shirt. You already thought of this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trish. Thank you. All right. I said earlier, before this interview, I'm a fan of your work. I love Motor Crush. Okay. I love, 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 love Domino. Tell me more. <laughs> but like most people, I fell in love with you with Batgirl. How did you get started with Batgirl? Um, they approached me. I'd never drawn comics before in my whole life. Uh, I just had a really strong illustration style, and the writers, Brennan and Cameron, um, were like, that girl's shit is the shit we want on our book. It matches the tone perfectly. Um, and they emailed me to see if I'd be interested. And the only thing I knew about comics, and one of the reasons I avoided it in school, and not out of school once I graduated, was all I knew about it was like, it's really hard to get into the industry. The pay was shit. And it was really, really, really hard work. And I was like, mm, that's okay. I'll go do something else with my art. Um, but when I got this email from DC, I was like, oh, if I could just skip all that bullshit and go straight to 
plausible. So yeah, Batgirl, this is the reason why most people found me on this. My first comic was Batgirl, and it's a huge, huge fan of Batbook, mm -hmm. which the guys told me, but like, I don't think I really comprehended until like I was at San Comic Con and I was getting like interviewed and like... Uh, much like this. Much like this, but I was more like in like the Wired like exclusive lounge, like, mm -hmm. and there's like celebrities, and I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I just draw comic books, but it's been a really wild ride, and um, I'm so thankful for it. It lets me be full-time freelance, and I'm my own boss, and I get to draw fucking these characters I grew up with my whole life, which is really cool, and now I get to build my own original characters, and hopefully give that good feeling to somebody else, and that's, that's really fun. I mean, did you have any input in the story? I know you did mostly the art with that girl, with Stuart and Fletcher yeah. wrote it, but did you have any input? Just I think a lot, like subconsciously, a lot of input. Like the guys specifically wrote stories that they thought I would have fun drawing because that makes better comics and the artist is into it. So like, I had that, I had this Sailor Moon motorcycle piece that's kind of gone viral and um, they specifically wrote an issue where Babs on a motorcycle fighting these cosplayers on a motorcycle so like they knew I like to draw badass ladies on motorcycles doing races and stuff and then um, they put her in like this younger hipper neighborhood and at the time I lived in San Francisco and it was a kind of a reflection of where I lived and um, a lot of a lot of what they wrote in that story was so that I would be interested in it and want to draw it and excite me so it was really fun and even there's like a love triangle which I have been in it eventually which I was like let me draw some smooches let me draw some like longing glances like I wanted to that like, romance part you know put more into it so a lot of that cheesy stuff is because I wanted to draw it oh, okay yeah but speaking of badass girls on motorcycles yeah. let's get to the thing I love you personally for <laughs> motocross how did that come about I mean I know you did the art for it but I know I, I just feel it in my bones you had a little little taste in the whole creative part yeah so like motor crush is something me and Brandon and Cameron have been talking about like issue three of Batgirl we um Brandon had it's kind of like evolved from Brandon had this like weird cartoon pitch where people like transformed into motorcycles and me and Cameron were like no we're not doing that but uh, a little nugget of that kind of came of that idea came and turned into motocross and um, it stars Domino Swift and she's this um, professional motorcycle racer by day and then by night she's in these like illegal bike fights for this illegal accelerant called Crush and then all these uh, street gangs kind of race for it including her who's she's disguised because she can't be a pro racer and in these illegal bike fights um, but Domino kind of needs a needs it for a more mysterious reason so you guys have to check it out for yourself and see what you think like no spoilers i do love that book the one thing about that um it's and i'm only guessing here highly influenced by anime manga oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah just just you know just gut feeling right <laughs> risk that risk putting that out there yeah but what anime and manga influenced you you know i i had a really growing up. Like, I was a 100% manga girl. Like, I only read manga. I only watched anime. And I did, you know, the Batman t uh, the animated series, of course, is like, what Kevin Cowboy, what's up? Yep. So, like, I watched a little bit of American cartoons, but I really love manga. I really love anime. My favorite ones include, like, Sailor Moon, um, 
stuff like a peach girl tramps like us like like the girly the girly ones okay. but, but, but every time every issue you want to kind of pick it up because you want to know what happens in the story but also what the girl cares are, are going to be wearing and what the fashion looks like and um and one time i did try with american comic books i went to a shop and i was like hey do you have anything that's like like for me my age like i like this stuff and the guy was like i don't know he's kind of a dick and i was like whatever dude i'll go figure out myself i'm like 12 years old i've got like my allowance money and i go and pick out the coolest covers i see because the way it works with manga is that the cover artist is the artist inside the book not with american books nobody told me that so i picked up all these cool covers and then i took them home and i fucking opened it up and it was all different art inside and i felt lied to i felt betrayed i felt tricked nobody told me that and i spent my own like little kid money on it and i was stuck with this ugly art book so that's that was it i was like i'm done with american comic books until that girl so now i'm like well i better learn some things because i'm in this industry now so my favorite ones i'm reading uh i love the vision um series ended now, but that was like, this is like weird suburban Oh, horror. it was, it, it's good. Oh, it was so good. It's so good. I love Southern Bastards. I love Saga. I love, um, Snot Girl. I love Scott Pilgrim. Like, all the, a lot of, a lot of indie image okay. books. My home, my new home. They're putting out good stuff. I'm reading that stuff. Oh, well, there you go. Well, why, why not? Yeah. Um, now, one of the things you touched on, and I know we talked about this a little bit off mic, all your characters do have that fashion element. They look great. They they look like I would want to wear those clothes. Yeah. I mean, that. where did that come from, or is that just something you're just totally into? Oh, I always loved fashion when I was growing up. Um, I just didn't understand. One of my other comps with, like, nerd culture is that, like, I, I was nerdy growing up, too, but I didn't understand why you couldn't also, like, be into fashion or love both things and, um, like, wear deodorant and do your hair and also, like, love anime and manga and yeah. stuff like So when I was going to cons and I was, like, really young at some anime conventions and we'd get in the elevator and nobody wear deodorant and nobody bothered to, like, wear cool clothes and, I don't know, I was just was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to try to, like, love fashion and love my nerdy stuff and hopefully uh, that'll I'll meet my like-hearted people and eventually I did and I feel like with more of these, like, feminine styles coming to um, the forefront of um, major books, like, um, my Batgirl and there's, like, a really great, um, like, Jim Bartell, all anything she's working on, there's a really great Nancy Drew coming up, like, all these uh, female-led books with females on it, like, we just know fashion, it's, like, ingrained in us and we're able to dress these characters and I think it adds a level of authenticity that I was missing whenever I glanced in American comic books when I was younger, like, I'd see this character and she'd be, like, this serious, like, variant and she's out of her costume or something and she's in these, like, low-cut jeans and, like, this tiny shirt and I'm just, like, it knocks me out of the story to see bad fashion because I'm, like, that doesn't fit with that character. Yeah. That's not something they would wear. You think someone like that would be on the pulse. Yeah, so, like, uh, I try to think about what uh, is this character's personality? What stores would they shop? I have Pinterest boards for every one of my characters in Motor Crush, including um, random hipsters in the background because I wanted them to feel authentic, like Diana, um, uh, Diana Lance, uh, Black Canary, she would like shop at Zara and she was a little bit older than 
the girls, so she had like a more mature style, she had like all kinds of cool leather jackets, but um, just like a little bit more polished than the younger girls, and um, my idea for, you know, Babs was she had, you know, Batgirl, she was a student, and she was young, so she probably like had a lot of athletic, like cute athletic wear that she probably like was comfortable and lounging, but she would also like run and chase bad guys down in, so like, you know, I thought about what their lives are like and what you wear when you have these responsibilities and what your personality is. And get it, I, I get think it. it adds another, you know, I'm the costume designer and the set designer and, you know, all right. these different jobs on a movie set. Comic artists, we have to do all of it. Because you got to make that character believable. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome and that's, well, before we get out of here, one thing I like to do with every interview, we like to call it the speed round. Okay. There's no wrong answers. Sure. All right. You ready? Okay. What's your favorite comic book? Uh, uh, Motor Crush. Okay. All right. Okay. It's my own. It's my own. Favorite artist? Mm, I can't say myself. Can you can. No. I. Let's see. Uh, Jamie Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett's my favorite artist. Okay. Favorite writer? Um. Come on now. Speed round. Sorry. Speed, I, I nah, nah. Tom King. I really like the vision. I really like him. Favorite movie and or TV show based off a comic book? Oh, um, uh, that's a hard one because they're all really, really not, uh, oh my gosh, well, Infinity War just came out. Oh, okay, alright, alright, really right. okay. Uh, Black Panther was really good. Um, uh, this Delmar ones, I thought Ant-Man was really, really Hey, don't knock Ant-Man, that was alright. I know, but, you know, I feel dumb when I name one of the goofier sides. But it was a good heist movie. Good heist movie, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite hero? Um, Iron Man. Favorite villain? Um, oh, uh, is this Catwoman count? She's kind of on the yeah, line, she, huh? she goes back and forth. Um, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right. And I love asking artists this question because you guys, you breathe life into the book, but what is your favorite trinket to have when you write? Now, I talk about some people need music playing, some people need a favorite pen, some people need a favorite uh, cup. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm dead serious. Um, I laugh, but I, I need a good couch. I draw almost all my, I do almost all my work laying on my couch watching, like, TV shows and sitcoms and stuff. You know what? No one said that, and that makes the most sense. Well, uh, I'm really comfortable on my feet up, and it makes it feel less like work if I'm not at a desk. Right. So, like, I work from my couch, I have my computer, and then I have a pillow with my, like, Cintiq tablet on it, and I'm just drawing and working, and um, my new favorite thing to listen to while I work is these, like, D&D podcasts. Okay, okay. Turn me even more into a giant nerd if, like, comics have What's already the done Look, already. I am a paladin. A six, no, 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 you want to be real? Let's go. I am a paladin. I'm down with it. Every now and then, I'm, I'm chaotic neutral. Okay. Paladin. What, what, um, like 5e or what, uh, Pathfinder? What versions are you? Well, it depends in who's a dungeon master. Yeah. Because that, I vary. So I just had my first game the other day, and it was really fun, and I'm like officially fucking addicted. Like, I cannot wait to play my There it is. There it is. Look, you're in a safe space here at Comic Con. You can be amongst your people. You know, I've heard of, I've been trying to find dice because I've been borrowing my cousin dice, but uh -huh. I, surprisingly, not a lot of D and D um, merch here. I'm surprised. Mm, it should be over there in the corner. Uh, yeah, they they had a D and D shop over there. Okay, I'll take a chance. Well, when you get a chance, look around. Okay. And well, Babs, thank you for just giving us a little bit of your time. Me, you're a really great interviewer. interviewer. I, I try to be. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your time. Surprise! They're not always as fun as you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See that? That's awesome.
awesome. Thank you so much. We're here with one of my favorite comic artists, Mr. Joe Prado. No strangers to Just Talk With Sam podcast. How you doing today, man? Everything's cool. All right, man. You know how we get down. You've been on the show before. Now, we're going to do what is called speed round. Like, just quick questions. First thing to come. There's no wrong answers. First thing to come to your head. All right? Ready? What's your favorite comic? Uh, Batman. Favorite artist? Favorite artist? Damn. That changes, you know? Like what? I said, no wrong answers. Yeah. It change tomorrow, man. Okay. Barry Wintersmith. Okay, okay, okay. I rocks with that. Favorite writer? Favorite writer. That's tough. That's really tough. No wrong answers. But I, I'll go with Frank Miller. Okay, okay. Now, here we go. No, getting to the weeds. Favorite movie or TV based off a comic book? TV? I'm gonna tell you straight, like the the, the Flash series. Oh, watch. Flash is so good, man. Yeah, really. You know, movie of all time. Damn. So that's tough. Uh, goodies. Okay. Okay. Favorite hero? Batman. Favorite villain? Sinestro. Okay, okay. And lastly, what is your favorite trinket to work with? Like, everyone has a favorite coffee cup, a, a pen, a sharpie. What's your favorite thing? Rapidographs. Really? Technical pens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like I said, you're no stranger to the podcast, man. Thanks again for Thank you. All right. Uh, we're here with Rob Guillory of the Motor City Comic Con. First of all, before I say anything, I have been saying on this podcast, pretty much this evangelist for Chew. I have been saying that is the book when it comes down to a show. Um, I, I want to be in casting if possible. Just a, just a little quick like a barista or something. But Rob, thank you for doing my podcast. Cool, man. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me and thanks for uh, pimping the book for so long. Oh, man. I've been rocking with it. Um, you know what? Before I get into all Chew everything, mm-hmm. I want to talk about your work a little bit because you work with another one of my favorites, CM Punk on the Thor Annual. And yeah, man. Yes. Punk is a uh, He's a cool dude. I mean, he's. I became aware of punk. I'm an old school wrestling fan, so like uh, I had stepped away from it because I, I got married, and uh, so I just fell out of wrestling. And then one day, someone told me, "Hey, this guy CM Punk like really likes Chew," and uh, I just randomly, I was like, "Oh, cool! I guess I'll look him up." So I started following wrestling again, and it just so happened uh, he was in my hometown. I'm, I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana. He was still with the WWE at the time, so he was in town ta- in town with them. And uh, I have a friend. Whenever the guy come in town uh, a lot of them are fans they're comic fans so they always stop at my local shop so I got with my shop owner and said hey man like if I gave you some books some signed shoes and stuff you think you can get them to punk they're like yeah sure and uh, he freaked out and was super like super happy about it and we've been buddies ever since uh, so yeah with the Thor thing he was just such a huge fan when when it came time to him working for Marvel he was, I was the guy he wanted to work with so it was cool I got to be honest that that's a great story um now man do the thing you may probably be sick of all chew everything the next quest is all chew everything for starters um i know the series app you know is done it's, it's wrapped it's over but your art brought a lot of the story to life because it was a weird story they had a lot of crazy storylines how did you like the idea when you first heard of it i didn't really get it all the way i mean it was so different from 
anything I, I had encountered, I didn't really know what it was. I mean, I, it was... I had a hard time getting work in comics because I drew so differently from the mainstream. So, like, I had a hard time wrapping my brain around what she would look like because I hadn't drawn it yet. Like, I, I mean, he was pitching it to me saying, you know, it's this comedy, sci-fi, drama, horror, police procedural, but I had no idea what he wanted me to do with it. He had said he had been pitching it. John Lehman, the writer, was pitching it to, uh, to Vertigo, to DC. And I, so I figured, well, he must want something darker like a Vertigo because Vertigo doesn't do comedy. So I started, my first attempts at drawing shoe were like that. And if you get, if you buy the shoe hardcover, volume one, in the back, I actually have the, the first sample page I did, which is horrible. It's not good. It's not how I draw normally. Uh, so I didn't get it. You know, it wasn't until he told me, yeah, just do what you do. You know, I, I just, I had tons of work on my site that was just me screwing around, drawing the way I like to draw. But I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that this guy wanted to pay me to draw how I like to draw. Um, so I didn't get you at first at all. It took it took me really getting into it and drawing it, and it took me a few issues before I really got it. Well, working with Layman, did you have any input towards the story, or did you just stick to the art? I mostly asked questions. Like, he already had a really firm grasp of, like, he knew we knew the ending from the beginning. Uh, every 15 issues, we had milestones. Um, but mostly, like, I throw stuff out there, and some of it he used, some of it he didn't. Mostly, I just kind of let him do his thing, because he knew what he was doing. And he was the same with it. Same thing with my art. Like I was doing my thing, and he mostly left me alone. Um, so it was it was just. I mean, any collaboration is going to be a give and take. So, but I threw stuff at him all the time, and some of it got used, some of it didn't. Okay. You know, I've been looking at your work. Humor is a strong input in your work. How important is it? I mean, just in nowadays, it just is. I mean, I grew up with stand-up comedy. I mean, like I have very very fond memories of being entirely too young, listening to uh, you know Richard Pryor records with my parents or Eddie Murphy or whatever like I grew up with it I am all about it so it just comes out naturally in what I do okay um, now we talked about the comic series wrapped us over but there was rumors about the movie and or TV show is that still in the works it's been an option like three different times um, everything that we had that's been reported on is dead but there's something else that's actually in the works now that we haven't announced uh, it is in development we just haven't talked about it yet, but we, we should be making an announcement, I would guess, by the end of the year, okay. if not sooner. Do you have a perfect cast, or can you even talk about that? I mean, we wanted Steven Yun, uh, who is Glenn on Walking yeah. Dead, and he actually was the voice of Tony in the animated feature, so like he wanted to do it. I don't know if it's going to work out, um, but yeah, no, we have we have people we want, but we'll see if we get them. Who would be your perfect Savoy? John Goodman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, he's doing like Roseanne now or something, so like, I oh, well, yeah, not, yeah. Once he gets that out of the way, yeah, probably yeah. not going to happen. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, all right, I got a few more. Let's just speed round. First thing to come to your mind. All right, favorite comic? Uh, paper Girls are Southern Bastards. Favorite artist? Man, who's my favorite artist? There's no wrong answer. Man, that, that, I have a lot. Uh, I mean, I love Scotty Young. I love uh, Jason Latour. I love Chris Piccolo. Like, there's a ton. Okay. Favorite writer? Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big BKV fan right now. Okay, okay, okay. Favorite movie or TV show based on a comic book? Based on a comic book? Man. 
See, I don't know. Most of the shows I watch aren't based on comics. I mean, we just... My wife just made me sit through all of Flash and all of Green Arrow. And they're okay. They're not my favorites. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Favorite hero? Favorite hero? Spider-Man, man. I mean, uh, Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, favorite villain? Oh, man. Uh, Galactus. Okay. And lastly, I always love the access to his artists. What's your favorite trinket? Everybody I talk to has a favorite pen, a favorite coffee, a favorite something they need to work. What is yours? What is... Man, I think I need... I need my headphones. Like, I, I can't... I mean, I, I mostly have something playing while I'm working. So whether it's music, podcast, whatever, that's kind of my one thing. I have to have it in my pocket if I'm not wearing them. It's a weird little glitch. Like, when I leave the house, I've forgotten it, forgotten my headphones at home before, and I've driven all the way home to go get them. Uh, I have to have them with me. Oh, that's what's up. Rob, thank you so much, man. We're here at Comic-Con with one of my favorite artists and the person I just went out of my way to talk to, Mr. Dennis Cohen, living legend. Before I even get into this, I just want to straight up say your work on the question, and quite honestly, the question is how I know you, and he is the most underrated superhero in the DC Universe. It had to be said, that's where I got into your work. How did you get started on that? They asked me, the um, original artist on the question, uh, at the time, it's like 1987, 1986, I don't even remember, um, couldn't really uh, do the assignment. So Dick Giordano asked me if I could step in and do question number one and do the series. And I said, sure, I'll do it. At the time, I had no idea who the question was really, except he was a guy in a hat who was invented by Steve Ditko. So the first version of the question that I drew was the only version I really knew. His original uh, incarnation was a very Anne Randian kind of character. It was absolutely black and white and very Steve Ditko-ish, but we kind of changed him into a, a Zen a Zen question mark. Okay, okay. And I know we're talking about the old days, but let's talk about a little bit of your modern work with Deathstroke. And with Deathstroke, quite honestly, is one of my favorite villains in the DC Universe, mainly because you understand where he's coming from. Yes. I mean, is that input in that way when you draw him? Well, the script, um, all the, de the Deathstrokes I've done were written by a guy named Christopher Priest. Fellow black art writer, you know, just an incredible creator. And he brings to Deathstroke a point of view and a depth that really hadn't existed with that character before. So I basically just draw the scripts and 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 tell the story that way. And all that all that comes all that comes through. It's easy when there's a great writer like like Priest. Okay. Now hey, you saw started, let's just nail it home. You and you have been adamant about there being more black superheroes. Period point more black creators, more black everything. Now with the recent success of like Luke Cage, Black Panther, Black Lightning, how do you think they advanced the cause? I think how it advances the cause remains to be seen. Because it's been spectacular box office with Panther. It's a great movie. I love it. Um, real great success with Black Lightning. That's awesome. So what's next? You know, people tend to view... Hollywood tends to view any success with black films or whatever from Get Out to... 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 Uh, Moonlight 
to Black Panther to Black Lightning, they tend to treat that success as if they're looking at unicorns. A mythical creature that never really appears but once in life. So they don't really plan on anything past that. Um, if you have a successful Batman movie, yeah, I'm sure they're planning three or four more. If you have a successful Black Lightning, hopefully there's other series that they're planning to do. You know, to capitalize on that. That remains to be seen. You know, what spins out at that. That being said, I think it's very encouraging because at least we have these things. And I think it, I think it looks good for the future because of that. Okay. And, like, when you talk about advancing the cause and stuff like that, what, like, under, I don't want to say underutilized characters that, black characters that you would love to give an overhaul to. Personally, I, I have a few things if you would do it, but like on the on the ladies' front, like characters like Bumblebee, Amanda Walker, if you remember Empress from um, Young Justice, oh and some, oh yeah, and some of the dudes, guys like Bronze Tiger, Blue Marvel, Mark, Marcus Johnson, aka Nick Fury Jr., who would you like to see an overhaul on in modern day or anybody I named or somebody else I'm missing? I already did one. You don't know it, but I have a book coming out called Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui. The team of a Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui from DC Comics. Uh -huh. um, in that, there's three characters, Bronze Tiger, Revamp, Lady um, Lady Cheshire. Oh, what's up? What's up, baby? Alright. Um, um, Lady Cheshire and uh, Presto, the musician. Of, I don't know what they call him. Hong Kong Fui. But my most known was drawing Bronze Tiger because I had drawn him earlier. 30 years ago and as I got a chance to revisit him and the reference they gave me for the character of my crunch was my own artwork from the Who's Who of Comics where I did him. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that because I did it. <laughs> See? Oh, man. We managed to give him a, we managed to give him a, We like to do this towards the end, like speed round. There are no wrong answers with this one, guy. All right, who's your who's your favorite comic? You mean comic? What comic? What kind of comic? No, I mean like your favorite comic book. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have one. My favorite artist. Favorite artist. There's too many to mention at once. I don't have one favorite. Favorite writer. There are no wrong answers. I know. Currently, I'm working with two favorite writers, or three. Reggie Hudlin, Christopher Priest, and um, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Edward Hill. Okay. Okay. All right. Favorite movie based on a comic book? Or, or TV. Or TV. It's Black Panther for, for right now, followed by Winter Soldier, which anytime you turn that on, you're like, oh my God. Um, love Black Lightning TV show. Okay. Okay. Um, hero. Favorite hero. Wow. That's a good one. Uh, probably my grandfather. Okay. All right. All right. Favorite villain. <laughs> my grandfather. <laughs> Um, he's like he's spinning right now. Like, what the fuck? Um, 
Probably Killmonger. Okay. And last but certainly not least, I love to ask artists this. What is your favorite trinket? Like a lot of artists have like a favorite tool, favorite they gotta have music, they gotta have headphones, they always gotta have this thing when they work. Whatever that thing is, what's yours? It's probably music. Okay. It's usually what's on my work. If not that, then it's podcast. If not that, then it's like audio books. It's usually something playing. If I'm working in complete silence, it's usually because I got engrossed with doing something and forgot to turn the thing on and don't want to interrupt the flow. So then I'm working in silence and after like an hour, I'm like, what am I doing sitting all by myself and it's all quiet and I get all freaked out so I got to turn something on. Dennis, sir, you are an institution. Thank you so much. Much Thank for you. just Thank being a part of the us. podcast. Thank you for, uh, for, for asking me. This has been great. Hey, you have a great time. There you have it. That was our trip of Motor City Comic Con 2018. Once again, I want to thank my special guest here. I want to thank Adriana Mello, Babs Tar, Brian Stelfreeze, Dennis Cohen, Dexter Vines, Joe Prado, Rob Guillory, and WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus for giving us um, a little bit of their time to make this podcast happen. Please visit them on all of their various social media. And I made sure I put as much as I can on um, on our pages. And speaking of our pages, you can always check out the podcast right there at samshownation.com. Everything related to the podcast can be found there at samshownation.com. You can email the podcast at just talking with Sam, no G in talking, just talking with Sam at gmail.com. Also, with this podcast, you can always hit us up on our various social media. It is Just Talking With Sam, No G and Talking on Facebook and Instagram. Just Talking With Sam, No G and Talking, all one word. Facebook and Instagram, and you can talk to me personally on Twitter at SamShow11 on Twitter. Once again, I want to thank all of my guests that we got a chance to talk to via this year's Motor City Comic Con 2018. Thank you guys, and have a happy, healthy Memorial Day, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out.